Hi, this is Elliot Fishman. I'd like to welcome you back to part two of our CT of Oncologic Imaging. And let's pick up where we left off on part one, which was looking at the liver. And the thing we commented at the end of the last talk was in looking at the liver, we've always used CT. CT is good for detection of lesions, definition, and uh, defining extent of disease. But we can truly do this better now because of all of the things like 3D mapping and CT angiography. And this article by Dr. Kamal, we talk about this new paradigm in hepatic imaging. And what we do basically is think about uh, looking at the liver, for example, as an integrated approach of axial, multiplanar, and 3D imaging, where we take advantage of the best of CT with the best of classic angiography to detect lesions and to understand them. To do this, we typically do dual phase imaging. And once we acquire these data sets with isotropic resolution, we analyze them using volume rendering and maximum intensity projection techniques. We do this interactively. So for example, in this case, on arterial phase imaging, there is abnormal enhancement in the dome of the right lobe, which you then see on the uh, coronal display. But perhaps this is simply parenchymal disease. But then when you go to CTA, you notice the neovascularity in the dome of the right lobe. And this neovascularity means the patient has a hepatoma, which you can see very nicely on this uh, cone down views and if you look from the early phase to the late phase on the late phase we do see the lesion and there's the neovascularity so with CT now we're looking not only at masses but vascularity so in this case of a large hepatic mass we can see the neovascularity in the liver this is important in terms of embolization potentially important in terms of chemotherapy important in terms of defining resectability and again we're going away from simply looking at masses to looking at more functional imaging so what you're seeing at 64 and dual source and beyond is the whole idea of multifunctional CT anatomic imaging and functional imaging, which you can see very nicely in this example as well. You can analyze these data sets. For example, if you look at this case of hepatoma, there's a hypervascular lesion, right lobe of liver, the liver is cirrhotic. Could it be hemangioma? Well, it doesn't enhance correctly. And plus, look at that corkscrewing of vessel. Look at that neovascularity. That lesion is classic for hepatoma. And as many hepatomas do, when we go from the arterial phase where you see the blush to venous phase, the lesion begins to wash out. Very classic appearance, very classic washout, very classic vascularity of a cirrhotic liver with hepatoma. Or this case where the patient ends up with a small hepatoma and it's not the mass effect you see, but the neovascularity allowing you to make the correct diagnosis biopsy the patient, and treat the patient. I mentioned so much what we do in CT goes beyond simply diagnosis, but the therapy. So for example, in this patient with metastatic carcinoid, if you want to do embolization, the CTA provides the roadmap. It shows you the early draining veins into the IVC, the extent of the lesion. If you were doing resectability, if you were looking for resectability, you would see that map. You'd be able to plan the potential surgical resection. Or in this case, hypervascular lesion, prominent vessel, cirrhotic liver. Here's a few other images from volume rendering to MIP in this case. Nice vascularity to the lesion. Very classic cirrhotic lesion 
very classic for hepatoma. And you can see the extensive varices, gastric fundus, lower esophagus, splenomegaly, as well as varices. Again, cirrhotic livers are some of the most difficult patients to evaluate, and using this extra amount of information can be very, very critical in that regard. And as we go to larger tumors, as I mentioned, chemoembolization, this patient with a very large mass, you see the neovascularity very nicely on early phase imaging. It was a metastatic carcinoid tumor. And here it is on later phase imaging with some of the very, very impressive collateral seen. Now, at times, it's not just the diagnosis of a tumor, but it's the diagnosis in select cases when it's not a tumor. In this case, what I'm trying to say to you is look at this vascular lesion. Is this a hemangioma? Is it hepatoma? What exactly is that lesion? We know it's vascular from the uh, axial images, and there's a second vascular lesion near it, but only with the angiographic mapping do you see the vessel, which is now a thin vessel, not a corkscrewing vessel. And when you look carefully through the sequence of images, you recognize what you're dealing with is not a uh, vascular neoplasm, but a vascular lesion like an AV malformation. And so, in this case, the lesion is uh, simply followed. There's no biopsy. Nothing else needs to be done. Or in this case, small lesion, peripheral enhancement, axial, coronal, 3D mapping. Very classic hemangiomas. And you recognize a hemangioma by peripheral puddling. You don't see peripheral puddling in hepatoma. It's a different appearance. And when you have that peripheral enhancement, and then you get the central filling in, it's hemangioma. When you have an enhancing lesion, when it's this smooth enhancement and the lesion is hypervascular, it's a cirrhotic liver, it's going to be hepatoma. That's just the way it is. Or in this case, where there's a vascular lesion, where the vessel goes to the center of the lesion, and this lesion on late phase imaging washes out, and there's draining veins, and it's not a cirrhotic liver, and it's a young patient, this is when we speak about focal nodular hyperplasia with a center scar. So indeed, this is very, very important. The ability to detect lesions is indeed critical. In terms of preoperative planning, I mentioned liver, but it goes simply beyond liver with CTA and 64 slice. We spoke about pancreas, but also kidney and spleen. And just to take an example of the spleen, Laparoscopic procedures. CT really is critical for laparoscopic procedures to define who is or isn't a candidate. We know this from donor nephrectomies, but in the spleen, we want laparoscopic surgery because it decreases pain, lower morbidity and transfusion rate, less ileus, shorter hospitals for days, faster return to work, and a better cosmetic uh, outcome. We'll do it in cases where patients have ITP or hereditary anemias, some of the hematologic malignancies or other causes of splenic dysfunction. The only contraindications typically are portal hypertension or a severe coagulopathy. Now, in terms of splenic arterial anatomy, there's two main types. There's a distributed type. The average number of branches to the spleen is 3 to 13 from the hilum is between the 6 and 12, and it's called a distributed pattern. And the magistral type of branching consists of a long splenic artery that divides near the hilum into just three or four terminal branches. And here's an example of that prominent splenic artery goes to the hilum, 
a few small branches. You can see very nice 3D mapping. We go 30 seconds later, we're in Venus phase. You see a little bit of pacification of the artery, but also nicely see the splenic vein. So again, I can't go into more detail at this point. We just don't have the time, but this is a very good application of CTA 3D mapping, whether it's donor nephrectomy or splenectomy. It can indeed be very valuable selecting the correct patient for a splenectomy done laparoscopically. Last thing let me comment on is the small bowel. We talk about small bowel CTA with ischemia or disease activity in Crohn's, but also for tumor detection and staging. Truly small bowel tumors when they're small are one of the most difficult diagnosis. Presentation to diagnosis is six to 12 months. Well, CTA and 3D mapping can be helpful. In large tumors, of course, it shows vascularity. Initially sent to us as a pancreatic tumor. This is a large gist tumor of the duodenum. You can see it nicely on the 3D map, the marked hypervascularity of the lesion, the tumor necrosis from arterial phase to other uh, set images. Again, very nice diagnosis. Or this example of a carcinoid tumor, mesenteric mass encasement of the patient's SMA. The SMA is surrounded by tumor, but look at that desmoplastic reaction. On the venous phase, the patient's portal vein was encased, but this is such a classic example of desmoplastic reaction from a carcinoid tumor. Or this example, bright blush in the region of the cecum terminal ileum zone. This patient had a carcinoid tumor resected from the cecum, but this was not seen on routine CT scanning. You can see the blush of the tumor. You can see the thickened bowel, the hyperemia, the so-called changes secondary to the uh, carcinoid tumor, which can give you ischemia. We also can, in other cases, exclude tumor as a cause of a process. Patient who had a colectomy now presents with abdominal pain, obstruction. You look at the bowel, it's dilated. Maybe the patient has recurrence, maybe it's a post-operative abscess. You see the wall is thickened, but if you look carefully on the sagittal views, you see the edema, the hypodensity in the bowel wall, and this was a classic case of enteritis secondary to chemotherapy. No surgery was needed, the patient's uh, chemotherapy was discontinued, patient did fine. So again, whether it's in diagnosis of patients, staging of disease, or management of complications, or management and follow-up, that's really where CT excels. Concluding, CT was at 64 slides with CT angiography and post-processing is critical for the optimal detection of the disease in the oncologic patient. It's critical for optimal staging of disease and for patient management. Whether it's surgical intervention, whether it's chemotherapy, whether it's radiation therapy, CT provides unparalleled information to allow us for excellence in analyzing and managing these patients. And with that, I'll wish you a nice afternoon. Thanks a lot.